You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. All the technology and advances in medical science hasn't changed the most difficult thing we do as physicians. That is to relay emotionally charged diagnostic and prognostic information to our patients. How can we do a better job? Our guest today states that communication skills do not automatically improve with increasing physician experience. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, and with me today is oncologist Dr. Alan Astro. Dr. Astro is the director of the Division of Hematology and Medical Oncology at Maimonides Cancer Center in New York City. He has a special interest in the treatment of breast cancer, gynae cancers, and Hodgkin's and non-Hodgkin's lymphomas. He has conducted research on how to help physicians understand a patient's wishes, values, and needs, as well as how to improve communication between docs and their patients. Welcome to ReachMD, Dr. Astro. Great to be here, Leslie. Dr. Astro, how much training in communicating complex and difficult information does the typical oncologist receive? Unfortunately, not very much. So what do you do? You know, you're obviously very interested in this. Tell us about what's been happening out there in the real world to try to help us do a better job. Well, there are oncologists out there who have been aware that this is a major need in the oncology community to learn how to deliver emotionally charged information to patients, particularly how to give bad news. And so there have been workshops. I've attended one myself that was run by the American Society of Clinical Oncology, there are CD-ROMs, there have been books written, there are articles in the literature, there are curricula for fellows. So there are things that are happening that are going in the right direction, but there's still a lot to do in this area. Tell us about the SPIKES program. Okay, SPIKES is an acronym for a specific protocol for giving bad news to patients. It was devised by Dr. Robert Buckman from the University of Toronto, and SPIKES stands for Setting, perception, invitation, knowledge, evaluate emotion, and summary strategy. And so what I do is when I'm about to give bad news, I often think about this acronym, and it helps me quite a bit. Okay, walk us through it. So S is for setting. Okay, so the first thing you want to do if you have to give bad news to a patient is you want to make sure that you're in a comfortable setting. You want to be sure that there are no distractions, if that's possible for a busy doctor. You want to make sure that you're sitting at eye level with the patient. You want to make sure that everyone is comfortable. So giving bad news in a hallway, standing up, not a good idea. So even standing up at the bedside is not really the best way. No, if you're really giving emotionally charged information, you should be seated. Even if it's going to be a brief period of time, the patient appreciates it when you show that for that period of time, you have their undivided attention, that you don't have one foot out the door, that you're there to speak to the patient and answer that patient's questions. Which is easier said than done, right? That's right. It is easier said than done. Mm -hmm. But so first, you make sure you're in a comfortable setting. It should be a private setting. Then P, perception. You ask the patient, what's your understanding of what's going on now? What have you been already told? Because you will often be surprised about how much the patient misunderstands or you're being surprised that the patient really hasn't been told very much. I myself am amazed at how many patients come to me from other doctors, and they really haven't even been told that they have cancer. So you really need to find out from the patient what do they know. I, invitation. Before you start blurting out information to a patient, you want to ask the patient, well, do they want to know the information? 
You don't want to force information on an unwilling recipient of that information. So you ask the patient, would you like to know what the diagnosis is? Would you like to know the test results? Are you the sort of person who likes to hear the bad news himself or herself? Or would you prefer that I relate this to someone else in your family or to a friend? You always need to ask. Then once you've gone through those preliminaries, again, setting, perception, invitation, then you get to the K, the knowledge part, which is the center of the bad news discussion. And there you try to speak in common sense, non-technical language. You give the information slowly in small chunks. Often it's useful to give what's called a warning shot or an opening shot to make sure the patient is prepared. You say something like, I'm about to give you some pretty tough news just so the patient is ready. Okay? And then you want to go slowly. It should be a dialogue, not a monologue. So you want to always be checking. Do you understand what I'm telling you? Am I going too fast? Am I giving you too much information? You want to be sure that the patient is with you each step of the way. Then after you've done that part, which is the center of the discussion, you want to evaluate emotion. That's E. Now, one of the major mistakes that doctors and nurses often make in delivering emotionally charged information is to prematurely reassure the patient. Before you reassure, you want to let that patient express what is on his or her mind, what they are feeling about what they just heard. So you might want to say, this is some pretty tough news I just gave you, or how does it make you feel to hear this, or I bet you weren't expecting to hear this, or you look troubled. Some way that you are showing that you acknowledge the human emotions at stake, that you are not acknowledging that person as a human being, that you are there as a human being and as a doctor for that patient. So you give the patient the chance to express what it is that they are going through. Then it's often useful after the patient has expressed that they are clearly upset, they're troubled, they hadn't expected to hear this, they thought everything was going well. Often they'll start to cry. Many times patients have started to cry in my office when I've had to give them news that they didn't expect. You want to offer an empathic statement. You might say something like, yes, anyone else would feel the same way as you feel right now. Just to make sure that that patient can sense that you're with them, that you understand how they feel, that they have a partner to go through this with them. So after you have explored their emotions, offered an empathic statement of support, then you want to end with a summary and a strategy. So you say, yes, Mr. Jones, clearly this is not what you expected to hear. Yes, this was not the sort of discussion you wanted to be having today, but we know what's going on, and I have a clear plan for you about what the next steps are. We're going to do this additional x-ray. I am going to be contacting some additional physicians for some additional information, and this is the plan I have to treat the problem. So you always want to leave the patient with some clear summary and strategy. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dr. Alan Astro. We are discussing strategies to help us better communicate potentially bad news to our patients. What's the outcome, Alan, of using programs such as spikes in practice? Well, there is some data out there that physicians who have 
taken workshops in which they have been taught the spikes protocol, feel much more confident giving bad news, and they feel much less stress at the prospect of giving bad news because they have a strategy themselves before they start. So there is data out there that this is a helpful tool for physicians. So I would hope then maybe it might lessen the chance of burnout in challenging professions like oncology? Yes, burnout is a major problem for oncologists. By burnout, I mean emotional exhaustion, a loss of the ability to care for patients, which can happen to oncologists who have been in practice for many years. One study has shown that over 60% of oncologists experience emotional burnout after being in practice for many years. So there are you know, various tools that can help lessen the risk of burnout. One tool is it's been shown that physicians who get to take more vacation time have less burnout. You can try that with your hospital administration. Yeah, good luck with that. that. <laughs> um, but in addition, it looks like physicians who have better relationships with their patients feel less stressed overall, get more satisfaction from their work, and are also less likely to burn out. Now, Alan, you just wrote a paper in primary psychiatry on this topic, and you mentioned this, and I think this is an important thing for us to talk about. What do you do with a patient who doesn't want to hear any bad news? Yes, that happens not infrequently. So the first thing is you don't want to force information on a patient who doesn't want that information. But I like to explore with the patient why it is they would prefer not to be given the information. I'll say something like, what is it that you're worried about? What is it you're afraid about? Because often I find that the actual news is not as bad as the patient had been fearing. So I ask, I ask, what is it you're worried about? But if the patient is really pretty firm that they would prefer not to have the information given directly to them, then I would ask, well, who would you prefer that I share the information with? It might be a family member, it might be a friend. Are there gender or age differences at play here? Can you generalize at all about that? You have to be careful, you know, with stereotypes, but there is actually some data that addresses this question. There was one study done from the MD Anderson Cancer Center with over 300 cancer patients. It turned out that women wanted more information than men wanted in this study. They also were more interested in receiving emotional support from their physician, but it has been my experience that women ask more questions than men. And the study does bear out that at least in this one study, women and more highly educated individuals wanted more specific information, wanted more content. Hmm. Nothing we can say about age differences? Younger patients also seem to want more content. But in addition, for younger patients, the setting was more important. For younger patients, it was very important that the information be given to them directly by the physician, that it be given in person by the physician, and that the physician devote sufficient time, that the patient didn't feel rushed. So, yes, younger patients, the facilitation skills seem to be most important for younger patients. Are there any good resources out there for our listeners who may be interested in this topic and want to learn more? Yes. I find that anything written by Robert Buckman is extremely helpful to me in practice, and I would recommend anything by Dr. Buckman Highway. He's written a book about how to give bad news. And Dr. Buckman, along with Dr. Walter Bales from MD Anderson Cancer Institute, have made a CD-ROM, four-disc CD-ROM, that presents strategies about how to give emotionally charged information to patients. It's a whole 
a curriculum on communication skills. And I have it, and I recommend it very highly. And I'd say you Google Robert Buckman, B-U-C-K-M-A-N, and you will find it on the web. I'd like to thank our guest today, Dr. Alan Astro, for being on the show. We've been discussing how to better communicate diagnosis and prognostic information with our patients. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt. You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. For a complete program guide and downloadable podcast, visit our website at www.reachmd.com. For comments and questions, please call us toll-free at 888-MD-XM-157. Thank you for listening. You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. This week, ReachMD is moving to XM Channel 160. Please make a note and tell your associates and friends. ReachMD, the nation's channel for medical professionals, will now be on XM 160. And thank you for listening.